0: Welcome to it! It's episode 90 of the Planet LP Podcast, and I'm your host, Ted astro Holiday music! We are drenched in it. From a little bit before Thanksgiving to New Year's Day, it seems radio stations figured out that, well, people love holiday music so much, they often switch formats to all holiday music for, you know, November and December. Streaming services have curated playlists so you can follow a lot of your heart's desire. TV channels spiking a lot of holiday-themed programming. But for some reason, violent films like The Hunger Games series or Lord of the Rings came out in December. I don't know. Maybe it's counter-programming to find a niche of folks who are, I guess, kind of burnt out on the holidays. Whatever the case, there's no denying that holiday music is a lucrative genre. Part of the reason why we get so many holiday albums is that artists can make money doing them. After all, the copyrights for many of these classic songs have lapsed, and when you don't have to share the profits, the more goes into your pockets. I don't want to be all crass and, you know, Harsh Ones vibe. Rather, I want this episode to be full of good cheer, even if a few punches are thrown. That's why I've invited a couple of my friends who genuinely love or are fascinated by Christmas and or holiday music. They are Jeff Giles and Jason Hare, the founders of Popdos. They're here and they're going to talk about a long running series on Popdos, about holiday music, and we are going to feature, unironically, I might add, our top five holiday songs. So let's unwrap this gift, shall we?
1: So professional.
0: Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Jeff Giles and Jason Hare are here. Welcome to you both. Thank you, Ted. Hello, Ted. You guys are on the East Coast. I'm on the West Coast. I've had two cups of coffee. How many of you had? Have you, you properly caffeinated at this point? I don't know if Jason's allowed to drink coffee anymore. Oh, right? you're not allowed I've, to drink I've, coffee.
2: No, I'm. A, I'm allowed to drink coffee. I just don't know. I, uh, I've had a lot of. Uh, I've had a lot of water. With electrolytes and stuff in it, since from, it. from my morning bike ride. I do it. There's nothing wrong with coffee. Also, we should yeah. note it's 10:30 Eastern. Yeah, and yes. it's 7:30 where you are. Right. So right. you have earned all of the coffee, my friend.
0: Thank you very much, and it was a lovely French roast this morning. Very so, nice uh, I, as I alluded to in the intro, the two of you are. The founders essentially of Popdos, which still exists, I still contribute to it. Thank you. And every month we have Keith Creighton on, who writes for Popdos. In fact, he just he just put a, a massive year end, which he does every year, but a massive year end top fifty, I believe it was, of his of his favorite albums for the year. This guy collects an amazing amount of music, and in physical form too. But yeah, you guys started Popdos, and this was back in two thousand eight when this went on on the internet and it still exists and That's- so let's talk a little bit about that what what was the genesis behind starting this site jeff why don't you take the lead and then jason can jump in and tell you you're wrong
1: you're absolutely uh, right you <laughs> i will say up front popdos was one of several boondoggles that i have convinced jason to join me in i had a site it acquired a, a mild renown during the blogosphere era called Hifito Blog, and uh, Jason and I met when that was going on. Hilarious twist of fate, the company that I was using as a host did not pay its bills, went belly up, and I was ready to say, okay, that's enough for me. And then Mm -hmm. I was contacted by a guy named Peter Lubin, who uh, if you listen to my podcast, The Record Player, you know Peter. He's been on the show a couple of times. Mm Mm-hmm a and legend, worked for Mercury, Electra, et cetera. Anyway, he and a guy named George Howard were working as consultants for a company called Pressing Needs that was looking for, uh, I don't know, a way to waste some money, I suppose. They, <laughs> <laughs> they approached me and they said, uh, Peter and I had already met because he was working pro bono as a publicist for Jules Shear when Jules put out a record in uh, 2006. So we knew mm-hmm. each other a little bit. And he reached out to me and he said, hey, you know, I know these guys and I'm working as a consult for them. And how about, you know, uh, I'll come out and see you. We'll meet up. George and I will come out to your house. We'll, we'll, have, uh, we'll have a meal together and we'll, we'll give you this pitch. I'm making this story far longer than it has to be. but th- no, there are I, I, Actually,
0: I don't even know the, this story. I've, right, I've known you okay. for all this time and I don't think you've yeah. ever told it to me.
1: Well, I used to do these things called uh, Idiot's Guides where I would run through the entire discography of an artist. And uh, again, this was the the mp3 blog era so i would mm-hmm. include a couple mp3s with each one and and uh, they really liked those and and what they wanted to do was if i'm remembering correctly the idea was to really put an emphasis on stuff that was out of print and <laughs> to offer readers on demand discs of these idiots guides and they would take the money generated from the sales of these discs put it in escrow and I think, just kind of wait to be sued uh, by <laughs> I was never really 100% clear on where the whole thing was supposed to lead. Interesting, offering-
0: interesting scheme, yeah. Yes.
1: They were offering hosting and they wanted me to start up my site again. And I said, well, what if I round up a bunch of writers that I think are really great? And they said, fine, have at it. So I think I started with Jason. And there were some other people who uh, were part of this, uh, this little circle that I was in on the internet. Uh, Scott Malkus, Robert Cass, D.W. Dunphy, uh, John Hughes, who had a site called uh, Lost in the 80s. Uh, there was a writer named uh, Taylor Long. Um, anyway, there was a, there was just a, a group of us that I kind of rounded up and, and convinced to write every week for no money in the hopes that someday we would be able to attract enough advertisers to pay for the whole thing. And, you know, maybe if we had started a year or two before, mm-hmm. it might have worked out. But I think just sort of as we were gathering steam is when companies like Condé Nast came in and started buying up sites and injecting a bunch of corporate money into the whole area of the internet and and, and Facebook started taking over comments section. Right, right. It's Popdos is never going to make enough money to pay anybody's bills, but it's still there. It's a sandbox for people to play in.
0: Yeah, I play on it every now and then and yeah. uh, contribute to it. I had no idea that's how how the site started. but I, And you were connected to Jason because you read his, his blog? Is that how it happened? Jason?
2: Yes. Yeah, so, well, so what happened was somewhere in late 2005, I stumbled upon Jeff's, oh, I, th- I want to say it was his Idiot's Guide to Toto. And I read it and I thought, oh my God, this is the best website, the best post I've ever seen. This is like exactly what I want to be doing. I was just so in awe of the whole thing. I was like, it's great. It's well-written. It's got music. It's got variety. It's it's better than cats. It's awesome. So so I, uh, I befriended Jeff basically based on that one post and convinced him to become my friend And he got suckered into that and it still hasn't made his way out of it all of these years later, some almost 25 years, uh, 20 years later. So then I started writing, I I started a website. I actually hired Jeff to create it and design it. So some might say I paid Jeff to be my friend. That would not be that people said that that would not be inaccurate. I started writing as well in between writing and setting up the site. Jeff and I started chatting online and we sparked our friendship from there. And Jeff, from the very beginning, was the perfect foil for all of my escapades and the biggest cheerleader I could possibly have. So I would just out of nowhere just muse on an idea. Oh, it'd be funny if, wouldn't it be funny if I wrote this or whatever? And Jeff would be like, absolutely, you should do that. You should stop what you're doing, stop working, stop doing anything, and just do that right now. That's the best idea in the world. Just the consummate cheerleader. And so I would do it. So I had a couple of series. I had a series called Chart Attack, which ran on Fridays, which was a look back at a top 10 from yesteryear. And then I had a series that Jeff had titled, I believe, Adventures Through the Mines of Mellow Gold, which ran mm-hmm. on Wednesdays. And that was just looking at not just Yacht Rock, which I guess Yacht Rock had just been defined, but it wasn't quite Yacht Rock. It was also just everything kind of mellow and sensitive and soft.
1: It had a picture of Michael McDonald with a mining helmet.
2: On this <laughs> that you that you designed. Yeah, I'm still <laughs> proud of
1: that. That was wonderful.
2: It was beautiful. That's in the portfolio, right? When you show people what <laughs> you can do. <laughs> so I was writing this Mellow Gold series. At some point, as we did, we you know in our in our chatting, I said, "Wouldn't it be funny if we did like? It would be great to do Christmas posts, this kind of music, but Christmas songs." Mm-hmm. And Jeff, as you can imagine, was like, "Yes, that's absolutely wonderful. Do it right now. Hey, let's do it together." And so that's how Melamus was born. It was originally, it wasn't on Dose. There was no Dose at that time. I think it was 2006. And it was split between my site and Jeff's site. So we decided to do 12 days of Melamus. And the original idea was we would take songs by these mellow gold artists that were Christmas songs and play those and rip them to shreds or make fun of them or at the very least just listen to them and comment on them. And we found very quickly that there weren't enough songs by these artists to feature because did you say yet?
1: Yet. Yeah.
2: That's that's correct. Because in the the late seventies, early eighties, which is the really the mellow gold period, the Christmas market was not what it became. So there weren't a lot of artists doing this stuff. There were very few. And so we had to kind of pivot from mellow artists, which we did a couple in the, in the early days we did, I think some air supply in America, Dan Fogelberg and, we we kind of pivoted from just those artists to also just listening to bad Christmas music. Yes.
0: Yeah. So there 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 was a point where you just ran out of stuff to review or to talk about. Very so early like,
2: on, yes.
1: Jason really took a hard shift toward wanting to cover like outsider artists
2: almost. It was a while before we got there. It was probably in like the third or fourth year where we started getting into some really weird people. Because the first year, I'm looking at the list of it now, right? The first year was 12 days in 2006. It was Christopher Cross, Air Supply, Peter Cetera, Stephen Bishop, Glenn Medeiros, America, Dan Fogelberg, Andrew Gold, America, Jim Croce, REO Speedwagon. And Starland Vocal Band, my favorite. So it was all of those artists of kind of that era, and right. then we 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 just wound up having to expand. I think because we ran out of stuff
1: right away. We went from twelve to twenty five. Right? It wasn't we
2: year did. two. Yes, the, yes, year two we started with twenty five and we continued that up until we uh, ended the series.
0: Because if you're going to torture yourself, why not just pile on, right? Well, it was Instead like, of doing twelve days of Christmas it's twenty five.
2: Well, it was like I think it was like everything else. Yeah. Some of those some of those posts um from the first year are lost, but we had already Jeff and I had already gained a, a, a good size audience through our regular posting. Everything that Jeff was posting, his idiots guides, is his other series and my series. So there was definitely a hunger for us to do more. Mm-hmm. The comment sections were booming. People were having a lot of fun joining us. They were sending us songs. Uh, yeah. so, so yeah. So we were immediately like, this is, this is good and this is fun and people enjoy it. Let's just, let's double it. And that's what we did.
0: Yeah. one of my favorite posts that you did, Jason, on your, well, your blog no longer exists. I tried to click over a while back and it's, it's gone folks. You can't yeah. get it anymore.
2: I have no idea what happened to it. Oh, wow. <laughs> I just I did that on purpose. What? I thought you did that intentionally. You don't know what, what did- happened? No, I, I literally just haven't had the wherewithal to figure out why my site is down or what's oh. going on with it. I would like to figure it out. Yeah, but because there's I, a lot of good
0: stuff on there.
2: Yeah, I'll have to I'll have to get back to it at some point. But but I'm the, sorry the to one, one I was down.
0: gonna the highlight was when you did a video of yourself listening to Lou Reed's metal machine music. Because yes. Jeff asked you to do it. <laughs> another like, another I thought that was series. the funniest thing. I just would watch that every now and then. <laughs> look at this
2: funny. Well, thank you. Yes, Jeff and I had another series called Irmageddon,
1: yeah,
2: which started by Jeff. Correct me if I am wrong, but I believe this started with you sending me. Did you send me Paris Hilton? I think it was the other way around. I, I think sent you, sent you Paris, sent Hilton? Paris Hilton. Okay, you son of a bitch. I started this. I think so. Yeah, it's I possible. You
1: would, yeah, you sent me Paris Hilton, and I was so upset that I, in retaliation, I think was I think Metal Machine Music was the the retaliation for Paris
0: Hilton. And for folks that don't know this album,
2: describe <laughs> it. <laughs> what is it? Describe metal machine music?
0: Yes, if it's actually music.
2: But it's it's, uh, it's it's an entire album of torture is what it is. <laughs> it's just a lot of industrial sounds and was, I guess, avant-garde for its time or whatever, but I found it quite painful to listen to. Jeff, do you have anything to say about just metal that machine I think music? It
1: was, it was a contract fulfillment thing. I think he owed the label one more record. And he was like, you want one more album? Fine. Fuck you. Here it is.
0: <laughs> and there's yeah. no music on it. It's just it,
1: sounds, right? It's just it's a sort of harsh, harsh thing. Who will hold it up as some kind of, you know, work
0: of art or whatever. But it's, it's really cool. a middle finger, right? It's a middle finger to the record company.
2: Yes. Felt like a middle finger when Jeff sent it to me. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I'm sure it was. <laughs> I think Jeff would probably say, hey man, you started it,
1: I sent yeah. him so many CDs over the years. He reminded me recently. I was watching the uh the Milli Vanilli documentary.
2: He excellent of- Millie yeah.
1: Vanilli documentary. That's yeah, quite good. And he reminded me that he that I sent him the Millie Vanilli remix album at some point. And he there's a video <laughs> of him trying to give it to somebody at a toll booth and uh, and them declining.
2: That's right. I was <laughs> on my way to meet you in person for the first time, and I tried to foist it upon. I had I had Easy Pass, so I could have gone through the toll booth without stopping but i went through the cash lane so i could say to this guy i said i have easy pass but would, would you be interested in the cd of Millie vanilli remixes <laughs> he was <Yeah>. like no <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> very flat no yeah it was great.
0: so when did you two realize you were such fans of christmas and holiday music i mean i've known jeff since i think it was 2002 when we met A few years later, you started sending me in the mail CDs of curated holiday music. Yeah. And some of it was funny. Yeah. And some of it was touching. I would get this gift every, you know, in in December. And I thought it was, and I still have those discs. So sometimes just play them as well. It was a nice thing to have. And it was, uh, you know, I thought, wow, I'm on the list again. (laughs) I'm on the friends list now. But both of you are fans of this of this genre, if you will. Well,
1: How did Jason you- remains a fan? I, yeah. that was largely beaten out of me by 10 years of Melamus. But- <laughs>
0: <laughs> okay. So Jason, you just, you just love holiday music. Is that what it is?
2: Well, it's funny because, you know, I was a casual fan of holiday music. I had maybe, mm-hmm two or three CDs worth, a couple of records. My holiday music collection didn't expand until the first time I met Jeff in person. And it was it was that trip where I threw the Milli Vanilli CD at him out the window when I got to his house. But he gave me a thumb drive, probably of all the same stuff that you've received from him, Ted. Mm-hmm. And that was where it kind of started for me. I was like, oh, there's all this stuff out there. Remember, like this was still, as Jeff said, this was still when MP3s were being put on the web for people to download and discover mm-hmm. new stuff. So a lot of the stuff that Jeff had, his collection was just so expansive. I didn't know of any of this. There are some artists that he sent me. I, You still can't even find that music really anywhere on streaming or anything like that. It's all, some of it's really obscure and yes. And and you said it really well. Some of it is funny and some of it's a little bit crass and some of it's really good. And so from there, I kind of started listening to a lot of Christmas music every year. And this was back when iTunes was a little bit of a better app than it is today. And you could really easily rate all your music and easily put it on your iPod and things like that. I find all Mm -hmm. of this way too cumbersome now. So every year I would listen to a whole slew of new Christmas music and I would rate it all in iTunes. So I have thousands and thousands of songs at this point. Although it's 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 definitely dwindled over the years. Now that I'm, you know, I listen to streaming more than MP3s or, or CDs. I continue to listen to stuff, probably not with the same fervor that I did uh, mm-hmm. maybe five, ten years ago. But I am still a fan, and Jeff is burned out.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I have a question here, which was: sure. did the series in any way negatively affect your love of this
2: yeah. genre? <laughs> it didn't for me. But it did for Jeff.
0: What happened, Jeff? Was he just doing it to the ten years of Malamus? Was that really what it was? Maybe
1: I don't know. Well, we did listen to a lot of really terrible Christmas music, intentionally, of course. It was also—it's uh, kind of ridiculous to say this—but that series was an awful lot of work. Again, I, I feel stupid saying that because it was really just a goof. But you know, it took a lot of time for us to, especially as time wore on and we had you know actual jobs and children, it took effort to schedule enough chat sessions to cover 25 songs. And then every year we tried to come up with something unique, cool, big at the end. Uh, So yeah, by the time we ended in 2016, I really was in need of a break from holiday music, and I'm just starting to come back to a place where I can – Appreciate some of it. I'm still not going to listen to like the share Christmas album,
0: but there are things that that I can
1: actively enjoy now.
0: When the series came to an end, you just felt like okay, this is this is just too much work, or is it just like I I don't feel I don't feel much joy in in doing this
1: of of things. It was we had done it for ten years, which we thought was you know pretty good. Jason can correct me if I'm wrong. I I think we both felt like ten years was a good place to stop it. I think we also felt like the internet was becoming less of a fun place to do Mm -hmm. the type of thing that we were doing.
0: Right, Uh, right.
1: There was more of a risk of blowback. There was more of a risk of... I don't know, being canceled or whatever
0: uh, <laughs> or a lawsuit you know because you were featuring the mp3s but probably at that point you were just embedding like a, yeah, a YouTube, youtube link YouTube or YouTube, something i think
1: yeah. so there was no rest of that it was just like stuff had started to feel less hospitable i suppose maybe mm. uh, yeah. jason's recollection was a little different
2: no that's pretty spot on we used to start our chats at the very latest i think we would start our chats around halloween because it wasn't just the chatting it's the editing the formatting the the uploads of the mp3s the whole mm-hmm. way we want to design the post which seems like such a silly thing to like complain about
1: well, we, we actually sat in the lap of a department store Santa you know for the logo picture <laughs>
2: stuff like that that part, that part I didn't mind that was a lot of fun I remember
1: well, that was all I'm saying we had
2: to, we had to tell that Santa like we're gonna make faces like we're miserable. Yeah. And that we're crying. Please, if you would go along with it, we would be really grateful. I'm pretty sure there was one year where we may have started Melamas in August. I think you're right. That's just a long time to be listening. And Jeff is mm-hmm. right. Like our schedules, Jeff had young kids. I just had, my my daughter was just born. To try and schedule these was was difficult. And he's he's right on the other part as well. I can think of an example, right? Shelley Duvall released a Christmas album, oh yeah, or she had some Christmas <laughs> stuff, and we <laughs> we made fun of it and stuff like that. And uh, that, that is I that we is cried. that we did. It was so funny, but that is a post that if we had done that today, and if that would if they had gotten any traction, people would have said you guys are monsters. Yeah, she was treated horribly by you know Stanley Kubrick or whatever, and. How dare you? and we would both be on the chopping block? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And there are some it's, it's interesting. There were some artists that either were in on the joke or knew they were doing something that was so ridiculously absurd that it was pretty open for the, for, it was pretty open for the taking for us to kind of make fun of it. But then there was some of it where maybe these people were legit, like were legitimately trying their best. And I don't know if I'm still in the public snark business. The way yeah. that I was back then. It was fun to make fun of this stuff. I very much miss getting together with Jeff and chatting about this stuff and laughing until we were in tears.
0: Right. right. Just so
2: many times, just the two of us just typing to each other. I'm crying. Or our wives crying. walking
1: into the room and fi- like, what the hell is wrong with you? Yes, I-
2: right. <laughs> yeah. I miss that. I miss the way people responded to the posts. But between the work of it and knowing that, like, some of these posts could potentially get us into a precarious position, it just it it just seemed like we had kind of done everything that we had set out to do with it.
0: I think that the internet is a very different place now, especially with humor. What yeah. is funny now may not be funny. You know, if you take something from say 2016 or even 2009 yeah. and say, "Here, is, this yep. is pretty funny," and I'm I'm chuckling. But my daughter, who's in her mid-20s, might look at that and go, huh, yeah, it's not that funny.
2: Yeah, yeah. and, and <laughs> yeah. some of that criticism might be completely justified. Absolutely.
1: Mm-hmm. We didn't do this. We didn't set out to hurt anybody ever. Right. I think it started to – it took a while. There were, I think it happened over a period of years, but we, we became uncomfortably aware of the fact that we were kind of trying to thread a, a pretty tiny needle, trying to find artists that that we could feel okay with dunking on. And we got Mm -hmm. actually pretty lucky that there were a number of artists who caught wind of what we were doing. And I don't remember any of them being upset with us.
2: That is true. I want to say there's somebody named Elizabeth Chan, who who, I think she's deemed herself-
1: Mariah Carey?
2: I'm sorry? Didn't she
1: just sue Mariah
2: Carey? There was something where she was like the queen. She deemed herself the queen of Christmas or something like that. Yeah. Because, she, because all she would do is release Chris's music. She reached out to us somewhere. I don't remember if it was privately or publicly. I didn't see it on the comments for the post when I looked at it the other day. But she responded to us making fun of her and she was a really good sport about it. Yeah. And when people are good sports about it, it just makes me admire them so much. Jeannie Francis's brothers
1: said something nice to us. And then, of course, there was Alan O'Day. Who- yeah. Alan O'Day.
0: The late Alan O'Day. Rest in power, Alan
2: Yes. <laughs> So can we talk about can we talk about Alan O'Day for a quick second, if that's okay, Ted?
0: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I was going to mention another artist, but let's talk about Alan for a
2: minute. I had covered "Undercover Angel" on "Adventures Through the Minds of Mellow Gold." "Undercover Angel" is a banger of a song. I love it. I will never turn that song off if it's on. And number he was, one song, man. It was it, the number one song right. in
0: '77. Yeah,
2: I legit think it's a great song. I'm being totally honest, not ironic. Anyway made, made some fun of it. And he commented, he, he made a comment, he found the post and he completely went along with it. it. was great. So I can't remember Jeff, if you reached out to him or I did. I can't remember uh, either. About writing the Melamus theme. I think you, it was you, Jason. It probably was. I should go back yeah. and look, but emailed him and were basically like, would you like to do this thing for no money for these two, <laughs> these two idiots? He was like, absolutely. <laughs> wow. He really he asked us a lot of really thoughtful questions about the series. He read up on it. He sent us a demo. I remember, I distinctly remember I was at the gym and I was in the locker room and my phone rang and I didn't recognize the number and I picked it up and it was Alan. <laughs> and he had he had like more questions for me. He was so excited. And I was like, I was like, I'm in the locker room. Do you mind if I call you back later? He sent us the track. He was like, give me any feedback. I gave him some, I I legit gave Alan O'Day some feedback about like, well, I think the vocal should be a little bit lower here. This word doesn't really make sense. He took it all. He gave us a cute, a sweet little track and he will always hold a special place in my heart for being so up for the silly challenge of writing this theme song.
0: And there's a video. (laughs) Yes. That, that is a video right. Which, which you came up with the concept. I did the editing on it. You but, absolutely uh, did.
2: You were a MLS well, contributor in a number of ways, Ted. Yeah.
1: Or met you with like a twenty-minute version of "Wonderful Christmas Time" or something like
0: that. Uh yeah, because you wanted to torture it Jeff. Jeff Favril. Yes, he hates the song "Wonderful Christmas Time" by Paul McCartney. All my direction was in an email was from you, Jeff, was is there a way that you can make this uh, <laughs> torturous? I said, Okay, I'm on it. And I, I made like an eight-minute version. And I, I tried to find every version I could find of that song, not just the Paul McCartney one, but all the covers. And it was torturous. <laughs> and we gave it to Jeff. And it was and, and his reactions were pretty good. I mean, he was going sort of time stamped and Yes. Talking about each each section. But Wasn't
2: that, there that also was a song that you were involved with
1: that included yep. like
0: Bee Gees and Stevie Nicks and
2: goats? Oh, right. and so goats. Yes, I was just yeah. gonna bring that up.
0: I think that was you, Jason. You said is there something you could do with this? Yes, we created yeah. called Silent Hellish Night. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> and I thought I thought, okay, so it's Stevie Nicks. She does have a warbly voice. A little goatish and dear listeners, as we talk about this, I'm going to embed this on the Planet LP uh, website. I'm going to find the uh, the songs and make sure that they're you can listen to them as well. So that'll that'll be a little little bonus track, as it were.
1: Wait, we talked about Alan. We talked about your contributions. We cannot go further without mentioning Terrier. Who,
0: yes, uh, yes, or, or or, as it goes sometimes by Ted Mountaine, yes,
1: <laughs> isn't it Ted Mountaine? Isn't there an
0: accent? Is it Mountaine? I thought it was Mountaine, <laughs> I don't know. but anyway, Mountaine, but no, whatever it is, is, I'm a fan. Yes.
1: yes, he's so talented and such a sweetheart. And he, I can't remember, Jason, why we decided to do another Melamus theme. Was it because Alan died? I don't remember. There's a second Melamus theme and it's wonderful. Yes. And it's it's uh it was it's Terrier. So uh, if you're
2: it gonna sounds like It sounds like a David Foster version yeah, of the Melamus it theme. It's
0: yes. so good. The lyrics are about the two of you and, and the series. I have a little bit of the chorus, and again, this will all be embedded in the post, but let me just play a little bit of Christmas June!
2: to myself this year that I my oh, how I, feel. I completely <laughs> forgot about this. I was thinking, didn't he do a version of the Melamas theme? He did the, the video for the Alan Day one.
0: He was the one that was sort of like singing along.
2: I must be misremembering. I thought yeah. he did a version of the of the Melamus theme that had a that sounded like the theme from like Saint Elmo's Fire or something. <laughs> yes, but yes. Now I'm that... remembering all this, and yes, Terry did such a great job with this. So good.
0: He was he was so excellent. Good. Yeah. And speaking of Melamus, we are in an era of AI, and it's here to stay, and eventually become our new lords and masters. So I fed an AI program a Melamus post. Not not all of them, but just part of it. And I had to generate some voices to see what it would <laughs> sound like. So here's an audiobook version of Melamus. Jeff, you are played by Santa Claus. And incredible. Jason, you're played by a voice called Finn, a vaguely Irish voice. I've also added some music, specially written and performed by Alan O'Day. Here is the audiobook, or at least a portion of it, of
2: Melamus. All I know is that I waited up for you and you never came home. And then I got a phone call that sounded like it was coming from a Mexican prison around 3 a.m. I might have called you. I was in and out of
0: consciousness, a horrible nightmares all night. First, I had this dream that
1: there was some kind of three-way going on with Rush Limbaugh, David Coverdale, and Aretha Franklin. It ended with Rush and Aretha tearing Coverdale limb from limb. Trying to find a piece of meat on his bones. I had a nightmare about Shelley Duvall writhing on the hood of a Ferrari. I had this dream that Bob Dylan released a Christmas album.
2: A chrismic album? That's just crazy. Mellow,
1: mellow, 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 mellow.
2: I've had more pleasant sounds coming from my bathroom after a triple espresso and bran muffin. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs>
0: Why would you do this? Why did they do it? Because I got to do the audiobook at some point, right?
2: Oh, oh man! <laughs> I love the Santa voice. Yeah. You didn't like you didn't like Finn, the vaguely
0: Irish voice. Well, oh. that,
2: that one hit a little close to home because I remember my days of being a professional actor and trying to oh. learn an Irish accent, and I'm like, that's about as close as I got too. Really, really.
0: So <laughs> Finn is okay. So
2: you're, you're not a Finn fan? No, that was you're that tea. was
0: funny.
1: Oh, my God. you said vaguely Irish, I assumed that this was going to end with a leprechaun dance.
0: No. Recurring Melamus <laughs> theme for years and years and years. And years. Triple S, oh. a bran muffin. <laughs> oh, my God. I just thought, you know, when I fed it into the, the AI thing, it says, well, choose your voices. And they said, oh, and because it's Christmas season, you can choose Santa. And I said, there you go. Perfect. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> If You couldn't tell, folks. Uh, Melamus is a bit like if you ever watched Mystery Science Theater three thousand back in the day. It's yes. a bit like that. It's yes, sort of a, like,
2: absolutely. yes,
0: sitting in the, in the audience, you got two snarky guys reacting to this music. Some of it, it's pap. Some of it's snappy. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> As you listen to the, the Melamus uh, Alan O'Day version, and again, I keep saying it's going to be embedded in the post, and so you can you can listen to it to your heart's desire.
2: Some of it's pap, some of it's crappy Makes happy. you feel like a sap Cause you're so damn happy, happy. Songs so corny they would clear the room Till you're wishing that the holidays were over soon That's Mellow If you don't play the game Then you're not patriotic Mel-o-mas. You're so full of cheer that you feel
0: Pivot now into the second segment. Maybe we'll be unironic about this part. Jason, Jeff and yours truly. We're gonna feature our top five holiday songs and we'll sort of go around the table. We'll start with Jeff and then Jason and then I'll come around and we'll just go from five to to one. So Jeff, let's start with your number five.
2: before I do that, I want to see oh, if okay. I can I just want to see if I could guess one of Jeff's top five and if he could guess one of my top five.
1: Oh boy. wow. Yeah, I don't know if I don't know if I can guess yours. I'm sure you can guess mine.
2: Is one of yours not a Christmas song? Yeah. Is one of yours a Hanukkah song? Yes. Is one of yours <laughs> "Rock of Ages" by Mark Cohn? Absolutely.
0: <laughs> Good job. You two are brothers from <laughs> other mothers, aren't you? You really, I know this, I know this yeah. one very well. You <laughs> do. Is one of
1: yours "Christmas in Fallujah" by Billy Joel? <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> you don't have to guess one of mine I just knew that was going to be on your top five I know you yeah. well enough to know that would be on your top five Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, absolutely <laughs> We might as well stick that at five I had to dig real deep to make a list of five And I and I didn't rank them But yes, I do love the Mark Cohn version of Rock of Ages It's on, a, I think it's called Festival of Lights A compilation record that was put out by Six Degrees A label that... I'm not even sure whether or not they're still around. They existed in, for a minute toward the late 90s, and I think they had an emphasis on, I guess, what you call world music. Mm-hmm. One of very few uh, Hanukkah music compilations, and I think Mark does just a, a lovely job of covering this song. I'm not sure Jason loves it as much as I do. I, I gave it to him, and I expected him to be bowled over. I, I'm not sure that he was. Yeah, I, it
2: wasn't really super my thing, but I respect that you chose it, and that I knew you would choose it. Yes, Mark Cohn, "Rock of Ages." Yeah, why do you like the
0: song so much?
1: Partly because uh, it's a little bit of a break from the what can be the overwhelming monotony of sleigh bells and kids singing <laughs> during the holiday music season, but also, you know, it's just a really quiet, reflective song. I, I tend, I think, to gravitate. Toward that more and more when I'm listening to holiday music as I get older and closer to death.
0: Yeah. Yeah. My list uh, has that uh, kind of theme too. So, so Jason, do you, can you brighten things up a little
2: bit? <laughs> uh Sure. Let me pick it. Let me, let me see if I can pick a song that's a little bit brighter on my list. So I didn't, I didn't rank them either, but I do have. Okay. And, and I will say with a caveat that my, my top five probably rotate a little bit, but the ones right. that I came up with for today, I will say that "Shake Hands with Santa Claus" by Louis Prima is a favorite of mine. I just love the I love the old classic sound of it. I love how Louis Prima laughs at himself during the song. I think it's the only song that mentions scungil in the lyrics. It's what is that? Italian food. It's a squid. Uh, squid. I that is also Italian food, but not mentioned in the song, and it's just—it's got horns. It's a—it's a nice classic song. It's in and out quick, so that's one of my... It's hard ones.
1: to go wrong with Louis Prima. That's a solid right? pick. Yeah. Now I yeah. want to thank hear it. you.
0: Well, I'm gonna start with uh, with a song that's so schmaltzy, so overplayed. The two you're gonna roll your eyes, but I like it because it reminds me of my childhood it's the Andy Williams song most wonderful time of the year. This was featured in a 1962 television show of the same name, but I was a little kid and we got this album and it was called Christmas with Andy Williams and the Williams Brothers. It came out like in 71, so I was about 6 years old at that point. And we used to play this and for some reason my brother who's 2 years older than I, we would just sort of look at the album cover like most kids do and and listen to the songs and then we noticed that the the brothers kind of look like Andy Williams and we're like oh there's the old Andy Williams and then there's <laughs> you know the younger one kind of looks like Andy and but for some reason it imprinted on my mind from an early age that this was a song that made me feel good for some reason it's schmaltzy it's overplayed like i said but i still love it for some reason and when it comes on i don't turn it off you're encapsulating the appeal of yeah.
1: classic for everybody right it takes you back to a time that made you happy now i feel bad too because jason didn't we cover an Andy williams song at one point
2: we did and didn't we photoshop the cover to make his eyes look like they were the devil
1: (laughs) (laughs) what i remember the album cover is fairly terrifying on its own but we we covered sweet
2: little jesus boy yes (laughs) ted i will not roll my eyes at your pick for two a few reasons one it was on my list so i am replacing it with something wow, okay. else, so I love. That. Did you say why? Oh, I said on the fly. That's oh. how good you. Oh, okay, I thought you said why. I was like, why are you giving me shit? But you didn't give ten shit. Um, <laughs> why? Uh, because I can. That's why. I love that right. song. I think it is full of joy. I also will never turn it off. And the third thing I will say about it is that I am not allowed to play Christmas music in my house until after Thanksgiving dinner is over. And the minute Thanksgiving dinner is over, this is the song that I always play to kick off.
0: Nice. The season. Yeah.
2: So I am behind you 100% on this. It's so upbeat. It yeah. is yeah. and That's it's, just, not it's like just it. the horns it just it's a joyful entry to the holiday season. Definitely. All right,
1: Jeff, you're up with your next pick. I'm trying to think of Christmas songs that that make me that would still make me happy to hear and given that I'm doing this with the two of you, I, I kind of feel like I have to pick more well-known ones first. No,
0: you don't. You can pick right. whatever you want. And yeah. you
1: offer of to pass and thwart you because, I, unlike Jason, I don't know if I could you know replace something on the fly. So I'm gonna uh, I'll, I'll go with Donny Hathaway uh, this Christmas. Great choice.
2: Thank you. Did I did I wreck this for anybody by picking? Them? No, <laughs> no. <laughs> no, that's not on my list. But uh, but, so but also one of my favorites. Yeah, I have too many favorites. Is the when
0: thing? When did that song come out? 1970. You, did it really? Yeah. Huh. Again. For some reason, I thought it came out in the '80s. I, yeah. I don't know why. Oh, I just was great, great song, great vocal. When I first heard it, I think it was probably in the '80s. I mean, obviously, I only had a few Christmas albums. As you could tell there was a there was a radio station called KKSF in San Francisco that used to play yeah. sort of this. Uh, well, they started with sort of new agey music, and then they morphed into sort of smooth jazz. But they used to play that song a lot, and I thought it was a new song or a newer song. I said, I've never heard of this before. So I thought I – was, I was associated with KKSF. <laughs> the, this, the sound of white wine. Yeah. Yeah, uh, <laughs> what a tagline. That'd, that'd be a great radio tagline, you know? KKSF, <laughs> the sound of white wine.
2: <laughs> okay, uh, Jason. I'll do a more obscure one. I will go with a song called "Darlin' parentheses, Christmas is Coming, by Over the Rhine. Uh, which is a sweet little group that I first discovered mid-2000s. And the lead singer, I will botch the pronunciation of her last name. I know her first name is Karen, Uh, but she just has the most gorgeous voice. It is just a very sweet, soft, hopeful Christmas song. You talked about melancholy Christmas songs. So many Christmas songs are melancholy. If you really think about it, even the ones that sound happy, it's about I'm not with my loved one for Christmas or whatever and this one this one has a has an air of there's been despair and sadness but Christmas is coming and things are going to look hopeful for a minute or two and I just think it's the sweetest little song I listen to it every year I just love it I don't know it and I'm looking forward to hearing it absolutely Great.
0: Yeah, Well, you talked about melancholy. The one I'm going to pick is – I don't even think it's really a Christmas song. It's River by Joni Mitchell. It's, It's a song about breaking up. But again, I'm not the kind of person that would listen to a lot of different Christmas music that came out of a certain lane, basically what was played either on the radio or what was at home. Really, I think I started paying attention to this song because it was featured in an episode of the television series Thirty Something. I used to watch Thirty Something a lot, and I thought, "Oh, that's a very melancholy song." And so I sought it out and I started listening to it. And anytime it comes on, I just—I don't know—I guess like we were talking about earlier, that it sometimes Christmas is puts you in a melancholy or reflective mood. And um, this something about this song touches me in a melancholy way, I suppose. So it's a solid pick. But I cannot hear River at this point without
1: remembering that awful Judy Collins song that we covered, uh, Jason. It's like a cross between River and All I Want to Do is Make Love to You by Heart. Remember that one? (laughs) (laughs)
2: Um, Which one was that? Oh, I cannot
1: remember. It was dreadful.
2: Hold on. Was it called The Blizzard? I think so. While Jeff's looking for that. uh, When you said that you heard it on 30-something, it's funny because I thought you were going to say that you had heard it. There was a cover of that of River on Allie McBeal by by Robert Downey Jr. I used to play Robert Downey Jr.'s version for people without telling them Mm -hmm. who the artist was and have them guess. And nobody ever got it right. People were like, that is a great vocal. Who is that? I was like, it's Robert Downey Jr. The first version I heard of that song was covered by the Indigo Girls on their live record, 1200 Curfews, which came out in 95. And that was actually my first entry to that song.
0: And then when you heard the Joni Mitchell version, what did you think of that?
2: I loved it as well. Those three versions are the ones that I am the most familiar with. You know, it's funny. Sometimes when you hear a cover, you're like, nothing can replace the cover. But I don't, mm-hmm. I, I don't feel like that about River. I think Joni's version is perfection. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Uh, this is a sidebar, but I was very upset and embarrassed uh, to recently recall slash discover that the first version of Both Sides Now that I ever heard was the cover, the duet between Paul Young and Clonade that was recorded for uh, Blake Edwards' movie called Switch.
0: Oh, my God.
2: Wow. Yeah. <laughs> I know.
1: I, you have no control over how these things happen. Anyway. <laughs> so we did, we did cover the blizzard, and that was the song. That I was thinking of, but we also covered a Judy Collins' song called "Song for Sarajevo." That was wow. hands down the most depressing uh, song that I think we ever listened to from Elements. There's, a, I think, there's a line about blood running like a river in the streets or something. That's like that. right.
0: Good yeah. God! From melancholy to suicidal, huh? Yeah. <laughs> It's back to you, Jeff, actually. So I, I had, uh, while you were looking up the, the Judy Collins song.
1: Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, I will go festive again, and I will pick what Christmas means to me. Stevie Wonder. Did I hurt you again there, Jason? Nope. Wow. No Stevie. I'm, I'm really surprised. No Stevie on your list. Too many songs to choose from.
0: So when you hear that song, does it just put you in a good mood?
1: Yeah, absolutely. I think uh, that whole vein of Motown-ish holiday music from that mm-hmm. era
0: is hard to deny. I used to play that a lot on the radio, so I kind of got you got tired of it. I got tired of it. Um, (laughs) Let me do a sidebar here, because folks know if they've listened to the podcast long enough to know that I I made my part of my career in radio, and I worked at a station still exists called KKIQ. It's licensed for the city of Livermore, California. The studios are in Pleasanton, which is next door. The program director never changed the holiday music. It was the same (laughs) artists every. Year, and a lot of the Motown stuff was played, but also things like Grandma got run over by a reindeer. If you want to talk about Dr. Elmo? We can
2: talk about Dr. Well, Elmo.
0: So you were like, it was like you were working at Walgreens or something. Every oh my God! Crazy. So one day, we were doing a staff meeting, and I said, "Hey, can I put in a request? Because we're we're coming up on the holidays here." Where's my request, kill me. And uh, <laughs> says, so what, "What do you? What, what's the request?" I said, "Can we please?" For the love of God, change the (laughs) holiday music. I said, if I hear Bruce Springsteen singing Santa Claus is Coming to Town Again, I think I'm going to chuck myself out the window. We're at the fifth floor. And he's all like, well, you know what, Ted? Just because you hate that music, I'm going to up the rotation on some of these songs. (laughs) And he did. That is a villain. Yes. Yes. So that's why it's hard for me to listen to some of these Christmas songs when they come on. the. I was just like, oh, my God. The Stevie Wonder song is great. We didn't play that one to death, but we played a lot of others from the Bowtown selection. And it was just, oh God. As, as one of my good friends who, when I started out in the radio business said, he said, well, I used to go by the name Ted E on the radio. I didn't make up the name, but it was another program director. So my friend was from Texas. He would say, well, you know, Teddy, here's what you got to do. When you play songs that you really hate, you just got to smile a little more on the mic and really sell that turd. Okay. So, So, yes, if you hear old air checks, no one will. But if you ever heard an old air check of me back announcing or front announcing a song that I can't stand, you can hear the smile in my voice. So (laughs) (laughs) it's all acting. Yes, it's all acting. Yeah. I think we're up with Jason
2: you're did you Jeff Jeff yep no in, I'm yeah, up with Jason and Jason's gonna pick the new John Bon Jovi Christmas song I'll I absolutely that. am not when I heard that I f- <laughs> at first did not realize it was John Bon Jovi because his voice has gone through some stuff <laughs> that's um, a
0: polite way of saying he's lost his voice
2: i'm gonna I'm gonna go with Christmas and Hollis oh, I, really. I was looking through, well, you know, I was looking through one of my Christmas playlists on iTunes and I was like, what songs are up there for the most times I've played them? And mm-hmm. this is this is a little bit of a cheat because part of the reason I played this song so much is because when I used to have a cover band in New York City called Acoustic 80s, we would do this song. I would have to learn the entire rap for it. Not something I'm sure I, I, I'm i positive I could get away with anymore doing, but I love this song. I th- I think it's a lot of fun. I think it's like the first rap Christmas song I was aware of. Now I've got more in my catalog, Curtis Blow and stuff like that. I have a soft spot in my heart for those first two very special Christmas records. Yeah,
0: absolutely. That came out Yeah, I was going to say that's where that's where I heard it. It was um yeah, there was yeah. yeah, a very what's it called a very, special a very special Christmas Christmas, yep. Christmas. Yep. yeah. Yep. So it was it was kind of the the first of those, you know, they they sort of refreshed let's have Rock and hip hop and pop people do yeah. Christmas music. So a we'll contemporary
2: compilation, absolutely, so absolutely. They
0: got Run DMC to do this. Yeah, they or, did. Or yeah. They just, and yeah. Of, yeah,
2: it was all it was Jimmy Iovine's. Pet Project with the benefit going to the Special Olympics. I've listened to both of those records. I used to work in a toy store when I was in high school and we used to play those two CDs kind of on rotation, just back to back. And so a lot of those songs, I have just a fond spot in my heart for. And I love Christmas and Hollis. It was a fun song to perform uh, in an era where a a white guy could still probably perform it.
1: It's a fun song. You probably read it, Jason. I believe there's an oral history of the making of that song somewhere on the internet. Is there? I'll
2: have to look it up.
0: I'm going to go back to my television age where I was a, a kid. It's the Peace on Earth's Little Drummer Boy, Bing Crosby and David Bowie. Oh, I love so, that. What's not to like, right? My understanding is that Bowie didn't want to do this song, and then they said, yeah, you should probably just go on there and, and, and do, the, do the damn song or whatever. But uh, yeah, it's very treacly. But aren't all the best Christmas songs kind of treacly? It's lovely. It's really
2: well done. Yeah. By two artists you would not imagine would be together. Right. I don't know how this pairing come to be. I feel like Bing Crosby's kids were somehow involved in getting Bowie on there. But I could be I could be wrong. But I, I, I do know that um, Bing Crosby died shortly after they recorded it. David Bowie killed him. I don't know if you know that. that's, that's, <laughs> not, that's not well known. But I after Conrad they were...
1: Bain was the one who killed him. I don't think. Are you sure it was
2: Bowie who killed him? Conrad Bain. I thought was
0: the <laughs> from different strokes.
2: Another... No, they're with the other Conrad Bain. <laughs>
1: <laughs> the shittier Conrad Bain. I don't even remember how it started or when it started, but this is a long-running joke between Jason and me.
0: Conrad Bain has been
1: blamed for for many deaths over the years. <laughs>
0: Including Bing Crosby's death? Yeah, just now. Interesting. Okay. <laughs> I won't be able to listen to the song in the same way that I used to.
2: It happened right off camera. Right. <laughs> So right after he said, it's a pretty little thing, isn't it? Yeah. And then yeah. the end,
0: Boom. they fade to black. And then, what, <laughs> what was the uh, method of of his demise? Was it a, an anvil? Was it a, you know, maybe we should pivot away from this. It's burning <laughs> the song from I, I apologize. <laughs> All right, Jeff. You're, you're at number two now.
1: Number two. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to go with uh, J.D. McPherson. Mm. Uh, this is a record that I think Jason introduced me to, and it's one that even in the depths of my Melamus horror, I could always enjoy. The album is called Socks. If you love Christmas music and you haven't heard this album, you ought to seek it out. It is very, okay. very good. Uh, and I'm gonna, I am going gonna—I could pick any song from this record, but I'm going to pick mm-hmm. Bad Kid. because uh,
2: Yes. You know, Which was the, the song? It's called Bad Kid. Bad Kid. All right. Yeah. I had a feeling you were going to pick a song from this record. So did you avoid it on purpose? I did. I did. And I would have gone with all the gifts I need, but any of these songs, as you said, could work. I've put it out there before that I think the socks record is the best album of original Christmas music that's been released in a very long time.
0: Absolutely. When did it come out? Maybe five years. And it's S- S-O-C-K-S? Yes, because
2: one of the songs is about him being a kid and being really excited for Christmas, and he gets a pair of socks for Christmas. Socks came out in 2018. Great album. I think you're going to love it.
0: Okay. All right. And now Jason.
2: I'm going to go with the version of Have Yourself a Merry Little Christmas by John Denver and the Muppets. Uh-huh. I grew it's up the most
1: Jason the, pick of all Jason uh, picks. <laughs> I figured if you had
2: to make a guess, that's where you would go, Jeff. But yeah. um yeah. I grew up listening to this record, uh, John Denver and the Muppets of Christmas together every year when we decorated the tree.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: So I have a very soft spot in my heart for every single song on this record, every single year. And that that tradition continues. To this day, last night, my my family, my kids, my wife and I decorated the tree and we listened to this album as we did so. And this is a very simple plaintive version. John Denver and Jim Henson is Ralph the dog and it's just piano. And I learned it on piano and I play it every year. It's my favorite Christmas song to play on piano. I will play it slow. I will play it as a little jazzy kind of jaunt, but the original just... Very sweet and quiet, and I love it. And Very nice. You listen to it with the family. How do your wife and kids
1: react to this?
2: They, they, all, I don't know if they love it as much as I do, but they, they welcome it and they sing along and they love it. So this is not one of those things where they roll their eyes. I never get any grief from anybody about playing this album i think everybody feels good about it and i know at least my daughter feels very she feels very strongly that this is an album that we must listen to when it comes to decorating our tree which makes me happy what you're making traditions of your own now make it, i'm continuing them on very Wonderful nice thing what you got Ted? my uh,
0: my number two is i think it's a song about atheism it's uh, i believe in father christmas by greg lake huh uh, it's just sort of this yeah, you know, it's cloaked in the sort of traditional-sounding music, but I don't know why I like this song. I just do. It's gotten more airplay now. I think that people don't realize it's not sort of supporting the the whole uh, the whole endeavor of Christmas. Uh, that it's a, a religious holiday. So um, this is born in the USA of Christmas music. I guess <laughs> so. I mean, it's just it's about how he just kind of lost faith in everything. I don't know. I think at the end, it's sort of bleak. <laughs> Listening to a lot of Emerson, Lake, and Palmer will do it to you. Yeah, I suppose so. (laughs) But yeah, but this, a lot of people thought it was Emerson, Lake, and Palmer, but it's it's actually just Greg Lake. So yeah, I believe in Father Christmas. Nice. Jeff? We're at the the last pick of yours. The last thing on my list
1: is uh, "Love Came Down at Christmas" by Sean Colvin. I cannot remember. I think this album came out in '98. I want to say, and I can't remember the exact title. It's it's like a combination of. Uh, I think the album artwork is like uh, styled after Winnie the Pooh. Uh, you know those old uh, A. A. Milne books. Uh, so it's 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 meant to evoke uh, sort of a bygone era. And this is a very <laughs> soft, quiet,
2: very lovely Christmas song. That I think Jason knows
1: is is one of my longtime favorites as well.
2: I don't think I know this song, actually. Really? Yeah. It hadn't been
1: on the drive that I gave you.
2: I think the only one that I have that you gave me was um, In the Bleak Midwinter. I think they're on the same record, but maybe huh. not. Huh.
0: Yeah, you know, I've just quickly looked up this album on Wiki. You were right. It came out in 98, John Colvin, Holiday Songs and Lullabies. There you and go. And then it was it – was Re-released in two thousand five. When you said Sean Colvin, that was one of the artists we used to play a lot. On KK <laughs> this song doesn't sound like
1: Sonny came home. Don't
0: worry. yeah. It's the only one we played, I think, by her. <laughs> so yeah. When you said Sean
2: Colvin, yeah, that's got to be the nineties, late nineties, right? <laughs>
0: Definitely,
2: Jason. All right. I'm not saying this is the number one, but it's up there, right. and I'm going with a hot take. Can anybody guess? Are you going to say it's Last Christmas? Nope. Nope. Bon, 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 oh God! Bon, bon. Come on! That's, no. I'm doing it! I'm doing it! I'm gonna say it! I'm gonna say it. I love this song because it is so polarizing. <laughs> nobody is—I feel like nobody is on the fence about this about this yeah, song. That's a good point. Yeah. Nobody is on it's the fence about "Wonderful word. Christmas Time." Either people love it or hate it, and I have realized over the years that when this song comes on. Well I've never hated it. But when this song comes on, I never turn it off. I always enjoy listening to it. I love singing along to it. And uh, you talk about creating traditions or memories. Last year when we went out to dinner on Christmas Eve, I remember it was there was a lot there were a lot of us in the car. It was my my family and my parents and my brother and Wonderful Christmas Time I think just happened to be on the radio and at least my family, at least me and and my wife and my two kids, we all sang it. Together as we were driving home, just very joyfully. And that's I was so- like, for me, that's a memory where I was like, this is making me very, very happy. So I understand why. People do not like the song, and I don't fault them for that. But it never fails to bring me joy, and I will never turn it off when it comes on. There you go.
1: You feel joy in the moment. Are you still feeling joy a day and a half later when it's still reverberating through your brain? It, I it
2: it is it, I get that it's an earworm. I get that people are going to find the synthesizer. We haven't mentioned for people that didn't get it from my womp, 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 that it's Wonderful Christmas Time by Paul McCartney. I get that it's an earworm. I get that some people are going to find that synth incredibly annoying. No denying that, and I don't fault anybody for feeling that way. But I love it, and I'm not going to apologize for it.
0: Okay, don't, don't apologize. Okay. I just I thought that suddenly we had crossed into Melamas ter- territory with that pick because of what I did with the song and just yeah. elongated it. Well, it's just uh, a you know, of Ted, stuff. I don't
2: know if I felt this way about it back then. Um, I feel like it's a song that has grown on me over time. I mean, I very easily could have taken one of that song or maybe one of the other ones off and put on like the J.D. McPherson song or something like Mm -hmm. that. But this is a song that just makes me happy.
0: Okay. Happy it is. It grew on you like a fungus, I suppose. But I, hope,
2: I hope people are still listening.
0: I hope so too. You've <laughs> <laughs> lost all credibility. <laughs> so mine, you guys referenced this artist. Mine is, is actually a Judy Collins song, but it's this song that I've, I've always liked for some reason. It's I Saw Three Ships. Hmm. Again, why do I like the songs that I do? Who knows? It just it was one of those songs that I, I've always liked. I actually featured this on Pop Dose. I asked everybody, sort of, uh, some of the writers, to guest on on a series that I used to do called Mix Six. Mm -hmm. And uh, here's what I wrote about this song in 2009. I said, my favorite Christmas song is I Saw Three Ships. And I've heard this song in various versions for years. But on a whim, I downloaded the Judy Collins version and felt she struck the right chord on how she sung it. Most of the versions are rather jaunty little numbers that make me want to skip around the house like I'm at some Renaissance fair. But the version Collins does here is, to me, simply beautiful. And I'm not even a Judy Collins fan, so there it is. That was my pick back in 2009, and I think I'm I'm kind of sticking with it. Hmm. i, I mean heard maybe that one. you haven't heard oh i have i think it's i don't know if i embedded it it, it must have been like a an mp3 back then we were doing mp3s hmm. on popdos but yeah you can uh you can certainly get it on youtube
1: and I think the version i know best is the one from south Park i haven't heard that one i
2: don't i don't know the south park version either. i know plenty of south park christmas songs but that's not that's
1: it's, uh i think it's on the christmas album you know the mr hanky's Christmas classics or whatever it's yeah, yeah. uh it's done by uh, is it Stan's sister? The one with the, the braces. <laughs> oh, I see.
0: One. I see you dropped a YouTube oh, yes, link in the chat. Does yes, is, is that the song? It is. Enjoy. Okay. 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 Thank you. I appreciate that. We've got plenty to do here as far as uh, this playlist that I'm going to be building. It's gonna it's gonna go beyond the 15 songs that we featured. I think there's going to be some others thrown in there just great. For good measure. Well, this was fun. This was I great. Hope, I, I hope you guys had a good time. I did. You did? Yeah, I did too. And I hope we could meet up in the space again to talk about music. Maybe not holiday music, just music in general sometime in the future. Would you be game, gents? Of course. Of course. Thank you, Jason. Thank you, Jeff. I really appreciate you taking time on your Saturday to uh, hang out with me and that's it that's the episode my thanks to jason Hare and jeff giles and my thanks to you for listening follow planet lp on social media we're we're on threads instagram facebook and youtube and you can connect with me via email at ted at PlanetLP.com. happy holidays everyone the next episode is the big finish for the year it's the top 10 albums of 2023 with keith creighton and yours truly until then merry christmas happy hanukkah and happy holidays